Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's up, folks? Welcome in. We're live. It's the Jason Martin Show with you for the next three hours across the country. We appreciate you making us part of your morning. Getting you started. We're almost to August. We're past the halfway point in 2020. Eventually, this year, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, is going to come to an end and another one will dawn and hopefully we can then just close the book on this one like a bad volume of a series that you otherwise like. We're live in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. The website is geico.com. That's where you need to head. Get yourself a free rate quote. Brian Fenley, Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts. They are the trifecta spinning the dials radio style for me out in Los Angeles. My name is Jason Martin. You can find me on Twitter at JMart Radio. I, you could find me, although there's a curfew. So if you're trying to find me, you might get stopped on the way in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a lot going on because, ladies and gentlemen, sports are being played that actually have records that carry on. And that's just a very good thing to be able to say. Baseball's been back for a few days now. Hoops less than a week away from getting going down in Orlando. Wherever you might be listening to us from this morning, 
Whether it is you waking up early or staying up late or, I don't know, finishing up a buffet at a gentleman's establishment, hopping in a Uber, and their role in Fox Sports Radio, welcome in. We'll get to that story, I promise you. But I want to talk about baseball, and I want to talk about sports as a whole to open up this show. And there's there's a lot of specifics to get into. But as an overarching thing, I sat down and I watched the beginning. I watched the first pitch, the first half inning, pretty much glued to the set. Yankees, Nats. Fauci's first pitch, and man, boy, I'll tell you what. I'm sure, look, I haven't been on social media in over a week. And maybe I'll explain why down the road, but I haven't been on in about eight days. And it's been good for my psyche, I can promise you that. But I'm sure all the Fauci first pitch jokes have been made. I'm going to recite them for you, but this is just kind of like you've seen a great episode of The Office and now you're just going to watch it again because you like it. I mean, how many different things do you want me to go with? I mean, yeah, he's wearing a mask in an empty stadium. Then he goes and sits down without a mask in the seats. But past that, the pitch was, well, it was left. Joke one, if you want to go there. It was completely inaccurate. And there was no chance of catching it. That's just three right there. Now, I will say, you know, Fauci is an 80-year-old guy. Maybe when I'm 80, I hope I can throw a pitch. I actually threw a first pitch out in a minor league game here in Nashville a year, year and a half ago. And that video is available to find online. Mm, The form's not great, but it got there. That thing was picked up by the catcher, and he didn't have to grab it out of the dirt. Like, that thing hit him. Uh, Fauci's pitch, not so good. It wasn't Carl Lewis, it wasn't Mariah Carey, it wasn't the Cincinnati mayor. You can go find all of these on YouTube if you haven't lately and you need to laugh, and I think we all do, go find it. Hey, Fauci's 80, but this was not a fantastic effort, and the jokes write themselves. But I think we all expected that the numbers, the ratings numbers for baseball were going to be up. The question was how much at least in the short term. That Nats-Yankees game, average audience around 4 mil. That's per Nielsen. And according to Awful Announcing, that number is the highest on any network since 2011 for a regular season Major League Baseball game. So the start of this article in Awful Announcing, I actually, I'm going to use the start of this just because I think this is an erroneous sentence. I don't think this actually is accurate in the way that it's stated. This is not me going after the person for saying something stupid. It's just, I think this is, this is too small-minded. This is too myopic. This article at Awful Announcing that talks about the ratings and how far they were up, 270% from last year's opening day and all this, it starts out with this sentence. In case you were wondering if people missed watching Major League Baseball games, let there be no doubt that the answer is yes. I just read that directly from the article. Uh, That actually is false, in my eyes. Because it doesn't... Did we miss watching Major League Baseball games, or were we just so desperate and so thankful to be able to watch any... American team sport. I'm not even trying to dog baseball here. 
I am saying that I don't think that there were millions of people more than have watched a game in eight years that, oh, they missed watching baseball and they, they had to come out and watch it on that first day. Well, if they missed it so much, then where were they for the last eight years? You know what I'm saying? Like, you get this? I'm not saying that this wasn't impressive. I'm saying that that conclusion isn't supported by the facts at all. Again, the sentence. In case you were wondering if people missed watching Major League Baseball games, let there be no doubt that the answer is yes. Rewrite the sentence. In case you were wondering if people missed watching American team sports, let there be no doubt that the answer is yes. Bingo. Boom goes the dynamite. That is accurate. And it was proven because baseball is number four these days, or number three, I guess I should say. Obviously not hockey above it. But it's clearly number three. And this is why I went off to open last week's edition of the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio about what a missed opportunity Major League Baseball just totally botched by not getting on the field weeks earlier. Because the numbers that they pulled on opening night and right now in the studio, replay of Brewers-Cubs, my Braves won after losing... You know, like, we're paying attention to this stuff, but we still don't have a lot to divert us away. Yeah, there's a little bit of exhibition, NBA, if you want to watch NBA TV. Lakers Magic, I think, was on the last time I was over there. But until Thursday, baseball's the one where the records count. And baseball had a chance for three or four weeks, or maybe even longer, to have been out here with all of our attention. Because as long as they're the only game in town, we're going to watch. Because, as you well know, being someone that has chosen to, unless you're, you know, at the mercy of someone else controlling the radio, you have chosen to listen to a sports talk radio station. If you're on the East Coast, it's 3 a.m., and I appreciate that choice mightily. But it's obvious that you care. These numbers just make me wonder what it's going to look like when the NBA starts up. And again, I know it sounds like I'm sliding baseball, but I'm not. I was happy to see baseball. I watched baseball. I've got baseball on right now. Yeah, it's weird. No fans is weird. The piped-in crowd thing is weird. People calling games from... A studio, instead of in the stands in a lot of these cases, or just not in the stadium, like the ESPN crews are in Bristol doing these games and things of that nature. Like, that's weird. Anytime you don't have the broadcasting crew on site, for some reason, there's just a disconnect. It feels like it's a little bit contrived, maybe a little bit too polished. It's just kind of an artificial. But that's, look, this is is a year unlike any other. Hopefully we'll never, ever see anything like this again. But right now, we can't nitpick the fact that there aren't fans, even though we wish there were. And we just have to enjoy the fact that baseball is being played. It's time to be more and more optimistic because we're about to get a lot of sports back in a very short period of time. I mean, I was looking today, there was a, an ad on our television and it basically was listing all of what NBC has for the rest of the year. And it just lists all of these dates, NASCAR, um, PGA Tour Championship, Kentucky Derby, 
NFL season starting, and it gives dates for all this stuff, and it says sports are back. And that's the ad, and it's not an ad for NBC. It's an ad for the cable company. Because right now they're saying, hey, we know you've been rolling Tiger King and Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, and all of these other things on these streaming services, but we just want to let you know that thing you're addicted to, that thing you're obsessed with, you may not know your wife's anniversary, but you know a whole lot of sports statistics. You might not know the numbers of when you were married, but you definitely know if you're a Chiefs fan, what Patrick Mahomes' accuracy rate was last year, his completion percentage. This matters. Four million people watched baseball. Most since 2011 for any regular season game. I think you're missing the boat if your argument is, oh, this just shows how much people missed Major League Baseball. No. This shows, holy cow, wait until some of these other sports come back. It's awesome for baseball. More eyes on their stars. More eyes on their game. Hopefully able to create a little bit of a niche, especially to a younger audience that just simply is not watching baseball at all. That's the biggest problem for baseball is it? it's not that... Look, being an old man sport, per se, is okay as long as the young generation is still watching. The problem with being an old man sport for baseball is when those old men pass away, if the younger generation isn't watching baseball, then what does baseball become? It, it passes away. Like, you have to pass the past time to the next generation for it to work which is why yet again i will repeat one more time baseball really needed to be on the air four or five weeks ago kids needed to be watching this stuff pull them away from videos of people playing minecraft for hours and hours on end pull them away from baby shark i guess if they're that age keep them watching baby shark because they're not going to be able to understand what's going on in the nl central race but Right now, baseball has an opportunity to at least endear itself to its future. And I don't know that they've taken full advantage of it, but but at least it's back now. But $4 million for that, what do you think the numbers are going to be for the NBA? And good Lord, what are they going to be for college football if it's played? And what are they going to be for the NFL when it is played and you heard the difference there right i said college football if nfl win there's a reason for that even though i do think college football is going to be played we're going to talk about the difference between college football and nfl in terms of their seasons and why things are happening the way that they're happening i'm going to give you a theory a little bit later on in the program so stick around for that but we should have well look we saw this coming we knew this was coming When people are watching virtual NASCAR races and when they're watching all of these weird exhibition things and even Korean baseball is on on a regular basis and all these things, we know that when one of the big four comes back, we're going to watch. If it had been hockey, I think those numbers would have surprised us as well. And hockey will be rolling here pretty soon as well. And they're going straight into the playoffs. And NHL playoffs, folks, if you haven't ever watched the Stanley Cup playoffs, are outstanding. So this should be dramatic stuff, and it should be right into the thick of it. This is perfect for them. 
baseball is about to we're about to see just how many people missed watching major league baseball because they're about to get a lot of competition when you don't have competition you should do really solid numbers and maybe these numbers are going to hold up across the board i hope they do nobody nobody at the jason martin show certainly not me is rooting for the death of baseball i'm just saying that the numbers this week don't indicate people missed baseball they indicate how badly people want big time american team sports and there's a difference there. 877 on Fox is how you reach this program. That's 996-6369. If you're putting it into your phone, you can also reach me on Twitter at Jmar Radio. We'll bring in the crew and talk about their thoughts on baseball and what they've seen over the past couple of days and what's to come. All that still to come next on the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back to the program. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. Hope you and yours are safe. And I'm not sure if you knew this, but you should. Right now, Geico offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's not just 15% 
period. That's 15% on top of what Geico's already saving you. So I have no idea what you're waiting for. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October the 7th. Geico.com is the website. That's where you go to learn more. During the break, we started talking about Lou Williams just kind of down the line and stuff. We're going to talk about Lou Williams. It's it's just... Something else is what it is. No question about that. NBA bubble is going to be wild, folks. Baseball's back. Let's bring in a crew. I asked Chris, or Chris, you asked how I was doing when you said hello to me when we first uh, mm-hmm. locked in here about 20 minutes ago or so. And I said, I'm doing all right. How are you? And you said, Tigers up because Detroit won. And I said, yeah, Atlanta up because the Braves had won as well. And both of us had not had a great first game, but... Uh, second game kind of coming back so and you're not even the biggest baseball guy out there I know Eric is a huge baseball fan but we were excited about this watching games that didn't count last week and now we got games that do count and it's a 60 game sprint and I gotta say I am I'm locked in and I'm interested and I'm watching a lot more of this already than I thought I would yeah so my cards on the table for people who don't know I am a Detroit I cover Detroit sports I'm a Detroit sports fan the secret to Detroit sports is that we wait for a team to get good and we kind of gravitate over there so I was a lot more locked in with the Tigers in like 2012 2013 2014 when they had all those great pitchers like Verlander and Scherzer and David Price. Not as much right now as they work to rebuild. And one of my friends gave me their uh, the hashtag for the, for the tanking, rock bottom for rocker. But I don't like that kind of trust the process stuff. I think it's just boring and I've got, I've got better things to do than waste my time. But I did watch, you know, I watched the Tiger. I've watched both Tigers games so far. And it's the whole, their whole division is going to be interesting this year, especially with the Twins and the White Sox. And I, I got to say, like, maybe it's just because I feel like they they might be the faces of baseball right now. And maybe they don't have the stink of the dynasty of years past. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm enjoying watching the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I really am. Stanton's got two home runs in two yeah. games. Like, he's just going to be hitting taters this entire year. So there's, there's a lot for me to be dialed in right now. I, I think the cardboard cutouts are a little cheesy. <laughs> I, I didn't like the fake crowd noise on the Fox broadcast today, but... You know, I I also I also realized that I, I think someone on MLB Network brought this up. You would appreciate this as a guy from you know you know you know South Sports pretty well. Like yeah, he was talking about how it'd be nice for the natural sound because it'd be more like a college baseball game where you've yeah. got where you've got you don't have that big of a crowd, but you've got you know the the dugouts are kind of leering at each other and and talking smack to the batter or whatever. It, it would be cool to kind of have that. I get it, you, though people need what they're familiar with. It's, you know, they, that's because people are comfort. stupid. Yeah. That's because people are stupid. Yeah, like, like there was, like, it, it was like, the same thing as it was like how I met your mother and <laughs> big bang theory and some of that stuff. Yeah. A ton of people were watching those shows, but that was around the time that the laugh track, you realize Chuck Klosterman wrote an excellent piece on this years ago. See oh, if yeah, you can I find it online. I, I've read it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it talks about the laugh track and, and what it does to you and what it does to your psyche and all these things. Look, I still love some classic stuff. One of my favorite pieces of comfort food is Everybody Loves Raymond. And now that Peacock is rolling, I'm going back through some of those episodes just to try and you know clear your head and get away from news and get away from a lot of those things. So I understand the laugh track, and I like being able to laugh along with people as well. But 
Well, there funny. is something you can't see those people like yeah. here. I see a bunch of empty seats and it's just like this is a little bit too far for me. My cognitive dissonance just doesn't allow this. Yeah, I, I just want to throw this in because you mentioned comfort food. It's like today. I It was the other day I learned that apparently, you know, Popeye's is the fried chicken sandwich. We all kind of lost our minds. Uh, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently there's seven different flavors of Popeye's chicken sandwich in Korea, in South Korea. And we only have two over here. I figured, so. I thought this country was the king of flavors. Oh, I thought no, it was like not. I mean th- there was a time when there was a, folks I am old enough to remember a time when it was Doritos and you knew what that meant. <laughs> there was no such I remember when Cool Ranch debuted. I remember when that blue bag hit. Uh when I think it was in my childhood. I can't remember exactly the year. Like that's, I know yeah, that's yeah. that's weird. But that's what I mean. Like people as you say, people want their comfort, so they want to hear the the crowd noise in the background. They want to see there's people in the stands. But I, I don't know. I, I, I noticed there was like we I think I was talking with Eric about it. Eric, there was like Nick Nicholas Cage from National Treasure in in Washington, DC or something. So it, it's getting weird and I it, that's drawing me out. But the baseball's good. The baseball's good and I'm dialed in for it and I'll probably be dialed in for a while. We'll see. I mean, I don't expect much out of the Tigers, but I mean, I can at least watch a Detroit team. I can't say that about the NBA bubble right now. Yeah, I, I will say that I think that you could do a lot of you could do a lot of experimentation, especially with the right guys, ones that are on board with, with more live miking of players. And talking to them the way that they've done during the All-Star game. But here, you could maybe do it with guys that are on the bench. Like, maybe not ones that are actually on the field, but you could do it that way. I'd rather hear that than some of the the artificial noise. That's just not for me. It may be working for a lot of you out there, and if it is, great. I just, I mean, I can watch a baseball game on mute and enjoy it just as much. Like, it's just, you know there's nobody there, right, Eric? Like, it's not like I... Yeah. I can't. I just can't get there because my eyes and ears don't match. Yeah, it's, There's it's no one way of those to get things there. where it's like when you have a kid and it's, you tell them like, "Hey, don't look at this scene on a TV." But on like, are you watching a movie and you know a sex scene happens and right. the kid's peeking through the eyes or the, the, the holes in their fingers? It's like we know it's there and it's almost drawing more attention by you trying to cover yes. it up in a way. You know, it's like. And my thing is, you know, I've I'm flipping through games all you know all weekend or whatever and. The, the crowd noise is at so many different levels from game to game. Like one game, it's like really piping in nine innings of just constant noise. And it's not ebbing and flowing with the, the you know, the, the flow of the game. You know, it's not reactionary. And then another one, it's like you can't even really hear it. So it's like the constant isn't there. And it's it's really, it's yeah, it's like you, 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 you paint a, a turd gold. It's still, you know, whatever. It's just, it's so weird. Yeah. In a way, it's, it's, it's bringing more attention with these. The cardboard cutouts is a cool little quirky thing, you know, raising money for charity, stuff like that. But then, you know, not to, you know, not to bite the hand that feeds, but FS1 with the virtual stuff today, even more weird. It's it's like, guys, we know there's no fans there. And you're it's, it's bringing more attention by you guys trying to do these weird things to cover it up. Like, just 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 own it. And there's no covering it. it. There's no covering it up. We yeah, know we, we can't know. go to these yeah. games. It's, it's a bit. Yeah, it's like it. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, guys, we know it. And you're bringing more attention with these articles because now people are focusing on how you're trying to cover it up and how you're failing at it in a lot of ways. Yeah, ESPN and it's just showed, making it weird. ESPN showed like the back of the cardboard cutouts just to kind of drive home the point. And it's like, why did we? Uh, OK, we, we, we know we get cu- it. We know, we know, we know that there's dogs. There's like a dog that got hit. Yeah, uh, somebody's dog was hit. That was one of the, the cardboard cutouts. 
was like, oh, that's not a real dog. My, I, I, I'm stunned. One of the funniest things I saw, or one of the most ironic things, I guess, over the weekend was like, you know, they're showing all these cardboard cutouts or the virtual uh, virtual crowd in Chicago, the Brewers that were in, you know, Chicago for the opening series. And it's like, oh, you know, no fans, no fans. And they cut to a, a, a live shot of Wrigleyville, just feet outside of Wrigley. And there's tons of people at like local bars just eating, you know, chopping it up. And I'm like, so we have these virtual fans in here, and like literally the Chicago, the city is sitting outside just like yeah, watching it. Is still open. Yeah, like there's these people are literally feet outside of the stadium, but they can't be let in, and they're just at the bar instead. Yeah. I just it's it's such a weird. I'm surprised. Scenario. We should really, honestly, like in the size of these stadiums, we should have some people in these seats. Like it's not like you can't socially distance. Like it would be. Even if you had 25% capacity, you could have legitimate sound. You could have something that actually makes sense. But let me tell you what's more fake than the crowd noise. I received this email. You know, I'd forgotten about it until just a second ago. And we're sitting here talking about, you know, all the the fakery and the fugaziness that's going on surrounding good baseball. And this tops it all. This is not political in any way or anything. This is just I have functioning eyes. I get this email. Like I get a lot of uh, emails from various companies and corporations and sports agents, and because I do pop culture stuff, I get a lot of TV and film and all this. So I get this from, I guess, the company behind Tops that makes baseball cards, and so they made this Anthony Fauci baseball card based on his historic first pitch, which we all saw, and yes, it was historic because it was the first pitch in this you know unique season. But this is how this email reads. Let me know when you feel like this has kind of jumped the shark from being legitimate to worse than anything we just discussed for the last three or four minutes. The card will be available this afternoon for 24 hours only for $9.99 exclusively at Tops as part of the Tops Now collection, capturing legendary moments throughout the 2020 MLB season. Okay, cool idea. The card captures Dr. Fauci donning a Nationals jersey, hat, and face mask, firing a strong effort to the plate, signaling the official start of the 2020 MLB regular season as the Nats took on the Yankees on July 23rd. You guys saw that pitch, right? It was an effort. (laughs) I don't know about strong effort. He did did better than uh, 50 Cent. I'll give him that. Right. Yeah, but that, that's still I'm, the worst first pitch of all time. Fifty cent at the Mets game, like nothing's going to top that. I'm sorry. Are you sure about that one? Yes, I I, I will go to my de- Cincinnati maybe, mayor. Maybe Carly Rae Jepsen in, in at Carl the Blue Jays. Lewis. No, fifties was really bad. Mariah Carey. Fifties was really bad. Well, I know he's on the list. I'm just—is it that cut and dry, guys? Like, is it definitely fifty cent? I feel like there's an argument here for several there, different options. There probably options. is. I will just always stump for 50 cents throw because it was just that bad. Just like all of his albums after the first one. <laughs> and just like the Mets. Uh, yeah, exactly. Go Braves. Firing a strong effort to the plate. Whew. This was not a strong effort of an email. Because as soon as I read that, I just died laughing and archived this so I could save it forever. And then it's got a photo of actually the pitch. And look let's just say it doesn't look like he's firing a strong effort even in the pitch. It looks like he's doing the the uh, Henry Rowling Gardner um, 
what was the stupid pitch called? The flop pitch, the float, the float pitch from Rookie of the Year, which is a movie that you, all three of you may not have been alive when it was actually released, but you should, you can go find that. Oh film. yeah, we, you, you watch it. I mean, it, you got the squeaky arm. Yeah, it was like, what did he have Tommy John or how did he, he got? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, he ended up screwing up and he ended up doing what his mom used to do. Yeah, yeah. And so Flop he throws that there, float. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what this looks like. It's like Fauci is trying to grab the ball that's floating above him in the sky, and he's looking up in the air, and this is the first pitch. And it's like, even the photo that you chose doesn't indicate anything vaguely resembling a strong effort. Let's bring in Brian Finley, who always <laughs> brings in strong. Did you see that pitch? Do you think that defining that or sending an email saying firing a strong effort to the plate is just pushing it a little bit too far? Jason, it looked like Fauci was trying to throw a grenade. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> and then did you see the comment from Trevor Bauer, the Reds pitcher on Twitter? He took a picture, or at least he screenshotted it, of Fauci after the first pitch that he threw, watching the game in the stands, and his mask is not over his face. Yeah, yeah because the camera's not on anymore, so the virtue signaling yeah. doesn't work anymore. So Bauer tweeted with the picture, with the caption, quote, Great news. Fans can be in the stands for MLB baseball this year, and you are allowed to make a personal decision to wear slash not wear a mask. And it shows Fauci in between two other people taking in the game. So I, I just I can't deal with it, man. I can't deal with that. I can't deal with the difference there. It's like if you want to be the guy that is preaching masks, that's absolutely fine. But you better dag on wear that thing all the time when you're in public. It's just the same thing. Like, why would you take that off? Because yeah. somebody's going to know. And it just reflects so badly. It's just like, well, you've just destroyed your own argument in the eyes of anybody that had even the mildest doubts they're like well dr fauci's not even wearing a mask so why would i exactly you're trying to set a precedent and you guys were bringing up what baseball has done and and trying to make it sound like there are fans in the stands with the fake noise and the different things that they're adding to the game i like the noise because you know me jason i like movies on in the background i either yeah. like yeah, the do. lego movie yeah. or saving private ryan everything is awesome or a bunch of people have died yes yeah, so those are my two just you know it's sort of like finger food you're doing a couple things around the house and you've got one of those movies up or the baseball there's a, there's a uh, it's so soothing to hear the background noise it's like white noise trying to sleep with mm-hmm. a fan on sure yeah well uh, so i just i feel like maybe we need to have fake crowd noise under these updates like <laughs> yes. when we come to you we need yes. to i mean because it would be just as realistic as what we're hearing in these games <laughs> yes speaking of updates jamal adams hitting that ejection button adams who made disparaging remarks of head coach for the Jets and Adam Gase joining forces with the Seahawks. Seattle in return, giving New York two first-round draft picks and other minor bits in the trade. Your ooh, we got hey, some noise in the background. I, I, Chris I, I, P. I bringing it. Get it. Ah, Just this, like an this MLB from game, now guys. on is going to happen. Okay. Every single time. Perfect. Chris P. bringing it. So multiple <laughs> outlets have also conveyed, and I know, Jason, this is going to be your favorite story of the show. The NBA trying to get a clear picture on what Clipper Lou Williams was doing during an excused absence from the Orlando bubble. So Williams said he went to a strip club in Atlanta on Thursday for dinner. 
strictly for the food. He had attended a yeah. family funeral earlier that day. And what it's going to come down to is Williams will have to quarantine as little as four days to as many as 10 days before rejoining his squad. Mm. Hey, hey, batter, batter, <laughs> swing, batter. Speaking of baseball, how about those Padres, guys? I'm telling you, they are going to win it all. And I usually am a clown, but I think that statement does not befit me being a clown. I actually believe this. They are first place in the NL West after body slamming the Diamondbacks 5-1. The Giants take down the Dodgers 5-4 after scoring in each of the first four innings. And the Nationals power drill the Yankees 9-2. Steven Strasburg missed his start with a nerve issue tied to his throwing hand. And you're happy, Jason, because your Braves yeah, won an in extra innings and That's so right. did the Royals. Uh, that last one doesn't really affect my day, but I'm glad to hear about the Braves. All right, so I watched 50 Cent's first pitch. Yes. Definitely bad. Cincinnati Mayor, I'm telling you, you guys need to go watch some of these during the break, and we can discuss this a little bit more. But the Cincinnati Mayor is right there and maybe worse, even though 50, maybe you would think he's a little bit more athletic. And at his age, I'm sure he's a lot younger than the Cincinnati Mayor. Look up Mariah Carey. Look up Carl Lewis. Oh, I remember the Mariah Carey one, yeah. Uh, we need to, we need to have an argument. There's there's an argument here, but 50 is definitely on the list. 50 is it's not good, and he looked like he thought he was about to just throw a frozen rope, just like a perfect pitch. And uh, no. yeah, that's what makes it for me on 50 is like it's the confidence. Like yeah. this is a guy who who does a bunch of who's done several album covers with his shirt off all the time. He's right. He's he's absolutely like athletically gifted, and he he looks like he's he's got musculature to him, and it's just. It's it's a pitch I just was not expecting at all. With with all all that put together, and that's what you put. Like there there's expectation, and then there's reality, and that for me is the largest gulf. I can I can forgive like Mariah Carey or Carly Rae Jepsen or some old mayor like not throwing as well. Although I'm about to watch the Cincinnati Mayor's pitch. So, oh man! But I'm just saying like there's there's expectations when it's a guy like like fifty. I just saw I just saw Dirk Nowitzki airmail somebody by 25 feet above their head as well. So uh, keep those rolling in at JMR Radio. Let me know what uh, first pitches are on your list of the worst. And does Fauci make it? The answer is yes. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios, by the way. We're brought to you by Geico, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com, call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier so yeah i have discovered the youtube mlb worst first pitches ever and i'm just watching all of these and i had forgotten about carly ray jepson it's not good she barely gets it off the mound yeah it's the thing about it like when i had to do this at the minor league game like a year and a half ago i i practiced for a couple weeks before just i didn't actually have a catcher i just went out there i just want to make sure that i could get it there and it was in the vicinity of where it needed to be where the catcher could make a play on it not out of the dirt and you know i did it for maybe two three days maybe it's just two days i went out there and threw just to be familiar with it and it's nerve-wracking like before i did it i was not real thrilled about doing it and this is in a minor league ballpark that's not you know completely full or anything there's maybe 500 people there maybe not even that many like this would be a nerve-wracking thing but i would suggest that when you're asked to throw a first pitch 
And if you're Mariah Carey, it doesn't matter. Like that's you're making a valid point there about what's expected and what's not expected. But if you're somebody that like has self-respect as an athlete or somebody like that, confident, all that, then if you aren't really sure about it, maybe don't do it. It is harder than it looks. You can't just show up that day and do it. Had I done that, that video would have been far worse than the one that's actually out there where, look, you guys can find it. You can look it up. At the time, I think my Twitter account was at jmartzone. You can look up the first pitch there because several people tweeted it out at the time. And maybe maybe if we find it, we can, we can grade it. But I'd give it a C, maybe even a B-, minus, especially after watching this. But I can tell you that Fauci... I'm going to give him the grade that matches the first letter of his last name. Be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hour number one, putting finishing touches on it, about to put it in the books. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. I'm Jason Martin. This is, well, it's a Jason Martin show. And even though we're well past a year into this run doing this show, it's still weird every time I hear just using my own name and saying show after it is such a just surreal thing. It's crazy. It's always going to be crazy. I could do this for 20 years 
or be blessed enough to do it for one more week and it's just going to be nuts then or it's going to be nuts two decades from now i'm going to enjoy the ride i hope you will be along with us for it as well so we were looking at bad first pitches during the last break and again look we're having a little bit of fun with Fauci here like yeah he's not my favorite guy I think I've made that pretty clear but he's an 80 year old man what I was saying in the last break was just or before the last break was if you can't do this why say yes that's one thing that doesn't make sense it's like if you can't do it then you shouldn't do it because it's only going to and look if you're lighthearted and don't care then that's one thing and maybe Fauci doesn't. Fauci's a baseball fan, just and a huge one, a big-time Nats fan, I believe. And this doesn't change that fact. Like, there are a whole lot of people out there right now listening that are diehard NFL fans that wouldn't want anyone on the face of the planet to see them attempt to play football in any way. So, or to go out there and kick a field goal or something like that. Like, there's some people that would do it for fun, There's some people that would do it that aren't big fans that would be better at it. And then there's some that are huge fans that just can't do it. So that's they're just fans of it. Like one of the reasons why, and I I always make this argument about how sports is basically modern day superheroes. It's actual superheroes. Like we're never going to have a real superhero with superpowers in this universe. You know, that's why we go read the comics and things like that, because they're they're far off worlds. And then when you're able to take those worlds and tie them into reality or use them to tell stories or morals or all this, that brings us here. But we love the idea of superheroes. We love the idea of something we can't do. And so we watch sports. Yeah, we can go out there and try, but we can't do what these guys do. They are just incredible at their sports. I mean, you're seeing Mookie Betts and the money he's being paid. You're seeing Patrick Mahomes and the money he's being paid. You're seeing all of this hoopla around all of these athletes because they do things that we simply cannot do. And I would say that that's probably, I'm going to go ahead and defend Fauci and say, Fauci's probably a diehard baseball fan, especially at his age. It makes total sense that he's a gigantic baseball fan. And just because he's, and he might be a bigger fan because of the fact that he can't duplicate even the most basic, at least at this point in his life, the most basic tenets of the sport. Maybe he always, maybe he never could. I don't know. I've heard varying stories about it. But, you know, it's not a prerequisite that you're good at something that explains why you're a fan of it. Sometimes you're a fan of it because it's just, otherworldly to you which i think again explains why we watch sports so much yeah we love the competitiveness and we love the achievement of it but we also love the superhuman nature of it because we recognize that what we're seeing is real when lebron james does what he does it is real when vince carter had the olympic dunk it was real watching what patrick mahomes does right before he goes out of bounds the wizardry that he pulls off the sorcery straight out of hogwarts that he pulls off throwing the football down the field that kind of thing that i think is one of the reasons we're being drawn so much back to sports the only thing that i said off the top of the show i'm going to reiterate before we get to the end of this hour is that these baseball numbers indicate how much we love sports in this country especially our major sports It does not mean, I don't think, that we missed baseball, but it does mean, and if I'm Rob Manford, I'm probably kicking myself. No, not probably. I'm definitely kicking myself that we didn't take a bigger advantage of this. Because when there are other games in town 
we're going to see what happens to the audience then. But what they were able to pull off this week, very, very good. And hopefully this momentum can build. Hopefully people enjoyed this. I do think this indicates, at least to me, it's not going to happen, but it indicates just how ridiculous the number of games played in Major League Baseball actually is. It just, I cannot care because of how many games are played each individual game doesn't have that much meaning. This season, completely different, and it feels like a sprint. Baseball, which often feels like a slog, even during some games, especially if it's Yankees-Red Sox on national television, you get the exact same thing, but it's in reverse. Now, this thing is just shot out of a cannon, and we're all excited about it. When we come back, the next sport to come back, and the Lou Williams story. Stick around. We'll talk about it. Second hour of the program, Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. My crew is in Los Angeles, California. You're, well, you're wherever you are in time and space. Hopefully safe and healthy. We're almost to August. 2020 will eventually come to an end. Yes, this election will eventually end. And then I think a lot of things are probably going to change pretty quickly after that. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. NBA. Thursday nears, folks. (laughs) The Lou Williams story is just fascinating to me for a number of different reasons. Lou Williams of the Clippers, who's shortlist for Six man of the year again. He's already won it twice in his career. I think he's, what, 18 and 5, I think, are his numbers before the shutdown back in March. Lou Williams went to Atlanta for a funeral. Someone important to him. I think a family member. And certainly he had to leave the bubble to do that. And that is about as viable an excuse as you can possibly have. And while he was there, he went, after the service, he went to dinner. This sounds normal. Oh, what do you go to Chili's? You go to Applebee's? You go to Ruth's Chris or, you know, something high end? I don't know all of the restaurants in Atlanta. I lived in Kennesaw for a couple of years. But, no, he didn't go to those places. Where he chose for this dinner was a place called Magic City. And Magic City is, look, their cuisine might be exquisite. But it is a, let's just call it a gentleman's establishment. And the jokes here are plentiful. Lou Williams, there's actually history And The Athletic picked up on it, and I was reading an article during the break from Sam Amick and Shams and that crew about how, look, there's history of Lou Williams talking about this as his favorite restaurant. We're in the middle of pandemic hysteria, NBA about to get started in the bubble. He leaves the bubble for a good reason, and he goes to dinner and his choice is his favorite restaurant, which, again, look, he, he's free to make choices. 
But the idea of going to a strip club for dinner is... Look, I have friends that went to the strip club in Greenville, South Carolina, and they always raved about how great the buffet was. They're like, hey, come with us. We want to get there around 4.30 because that's when they put out the shrimp. You know, I never... I don't think I ever... I, I went to a strip club a few times, a few times, years and years ago. I don't think I ever ate there because it just didn't seem like that kind of place to me, okay? The cuisine might be exquisite, just like the articles might be wonderful in Playboy, but you're never going to be able to sell that to a large swath of people. You always heard that growing up, that, all oh, Playboy's just got these unbelievable writers. And that, look, I'm not saying that isn't true. I'm saying that if you asked what those people's names were, very few people would be able to tell you, but they would be able to tell you who the centerfolds were in all these different months and all these different years. Because as you're perusing these wonderful pieces of journalism, oh, there's another woman without her clothes, I guess I'll look. It's just the optics here more than anything else. Like Lou Williams, he could have been doing exactly the right thing here in terms of this is just a place I wanted to go to dinner. He said there were no entertainers there. He wasn't there for very long. He's an adult. But the timing of this, the careful nature of the bubble, the way everything is scrutinized in the way that you could harm a team. It's just it's the judgment here that's just kind of mind-boggling to me. And look, this was a difficult time for him, so maybe... He just felt like he needed to go somewhere that he just really loved. Like, maybe we'll hear him kind of talk about this more. But the bigger issue to me here, and we were actually, the crew and I were talking about this half hour ago or so during one of the commercial breaks. If you have some level of fame, notoriety, if there is something to risk, then why? in the world are you allowing photos to be taken are you putting yourself in a situation where someone could take a photo of you we were talking about Fauci in the first hour Fauci throws out the first pitch wearing a mask goes sits in the seats takes the mask off he's not socially distanced away from other people that he's sitting with in those seats so he so what was he wearing the mask for otherwise other than virtue signal when the camera's on it's the same it's the you just have to be cognizant of your surroundings. Derek Jeter takes people's phones when they come to his house, or at least those are stories of the past. Kid Rock, I always heard from numerous people that he would throw all these wild parties. And as you came to his establishment, there would be a basket and you would put all of your devices into it. Then you would go in and it was like whatever happens in this house stays in this house. There's going to be drugs and a lot of things that are illegal or inappropriate or whatever and we're going to have some degree of privacy here you can feel safe here because no one is going to be able to document this or report it if you're going to a strip club in the middle of a pandemic after leaving the nba bubble even if you're just going there for dinner i probably don't want my photo taken 
And if I'm Lou Williams, I feel like I can probably control that, especially if I'm in a very or close to empty place, one where there's no entertainers there and all this kind of stuff. Before I walk in the door, I can probably have somebody that's with me go in and say, okay, let's make sure that this is safe and that no one knows Lou is here or whatever like that. Maybe Lou didn't think it through that well, but it's not really the sharpest move at this point in time. I'm going to... Stop short of saying, how dare he do this to his team, because he's going to be back in time, and where they are in the standings, it's not like they're fighting for their playoff lives. He's going to be back before it matters. If he's quarantined for two weeks, whatever, you know, he'll be back, and the Clippers are going to be okay. This isn't going into the finals, losing him. I mean, if you were losing his numbers for a substantial amount of time, and they needed those wins, that would be different. But here in this case, I don't necessarily agree. It's just... And here's what here's what this article from The Athletic said, basically. Sources say Williams and a group of people, including rapper Harlow, visited the club for dinner on Thursday evening after attending the funeral viewing. That's Jack Harlow. They didn't stay long, according to those sources, and were allegedly there for the food above all else. Williams on Twitter last night said, Ask any of my teammates what's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta. Ain't nobody partying. Chill out, LOL. Hashtag mask on. Hashtag in and out. Taylor Rooks of Bleacher Report said, quote, well, according to this article in The Athletic, this adult establishment has good eats, is how it's written. Lou Williams did an interview with an NBA reporter in April and talked about, again, reading from the article, quote, the quality of the cuisine Lou Williams said, Magic City is my favorite restaurant in the world. That must be some good eating. I I just think maybe at this point in time, with as careful as everyone is trying to be, that dinner at Magic City, maybe hold off on that until 2021, you know? He went to the funeral on Friday. He was back in Orlando on Saturday. I'm glad, of course, that he was able to go and and be a part of something that was very important to him there. I don't know if I'm Doc Rivers how I feel about this. Here's what he said. Doc Rivers said, he's back here, I can tell you that much. Obviously, those pictures got out, and it's something we obviously didn't enjoy seeing or like, unquote. Yeah, I'll bet you didn't, because it's not even this is a distraction necessarily. This is just one of those things where we were all wondering how this bubble experiment's going to go. And everybody that leaves the bubble, then you have to see how that's going to work out. Zion had to leave. He's going to come back. He's quarantined for four days. Maybe Lou Williams is out 10 to 14 days. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule here. Actually, you know what? I think there is a hard and fast rule. It is, if you're Lou Williams, probably put you out for 10 to 14 days. If you're Zion Williamson, you better be on TV. It's as simple as that, folks. Simple as that. We were joking, actually, Chris, I can bring you in here. We were joking about LeBron James. LeBron James would have to, like, be down with pneumonia and unable to move before they would find a way to quarantine him. Oh, like yeah, he's yeah. going to be on television. Like he could he could be rolling around with COVID the entire time 
test positive every day, we will never know about those test results. It will not happen. No, not to go too conspiracy minded, but I I do I do find it funny that you know we're, when we're talking about a bit player in some of these other cases, it's a fourteen days, whereas for Zion, it looks like they're he's coming back pretty quick. Yeah, so it's it's I, almost like Zion Williamson's with... important to the bottom line of the NBA and to the television ratings. And I guess the big question now is how important is Lou Williams? How how bad do the Clippers want him back? Well, like I said, if because of where they are, they're going to be into this postseason. They're not barely in or anything like that. They're right up at the top. They can probably sustain themselves without him for a little while. Yes, his 18-5 and five is going to be missed, but it's going to be back when it matters. So this is not going to have a gigantic effect. It's a funny story. Not, I mean, it's not funny that he was in Atlanta for the reason he was in, but it's just like, went to a funeral and then got to go to my favorite restaurant, a.k.a. the Gentleman's Club that I like to frequent for their cuisine i i feel like we need to send several reporters to try this food out i've never seen magic city profiled on the food network never never seen rachel ray there nothing there is someone in the fox sports radio building we could go probably ask to be honest continue speaking because i'm i'm unfamiliar with this (laughs) rob parker Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I thought you meant somebody in the building right now, and I was like, oh, you know, no, I don't take no, no. Finley. I don't take Finley as a strip club aficionado. I, I've gone to Atlanta multiple times. I know some great restaurants around there. Shout out to the Vortex, probably yeah. the best burgers in all of Georgia. I have not had the pleasure of Magic City though. <laughs> Be very careful with the terminology that you use to describe Magic City <laughs> and its and its fine cuisine. So Lou Williams, he's going to be quarantined. It's look. it's not going to be life or death for the Clippers. It's really not. It's just kind of hilarious because this is the kind of thing where trying to sell this, there's going to be a large contingent of people that will never believe that he was there for the food and will probably never believe that there weren't entertainers there. Rule of thumb, if you're going to go to a strip club in the middle of a pandemic right before your season is about to start, when quarantine is on the line... No photos. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. We'll talk some more NBA on the other side. If the Milwaukee Bucks don't get the job done this year, will they ever get it done? That's one topic. Also, LeBron is talking and not sounding particularly intelligent on a certain pretty key issue where I think he needs to educate himself or just be a little more cautious with the way he's describing things. We'll talk about all that next. This is the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What are we listen to here, Chris? Got a little sunny day real estate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred million. There we go. I like it. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios. They're brought to you by Geico. My name is Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. You can find me there at least for the next two hours until I disappear probably for another week. Tony, man, if you don't need to be on social media, don't be on it right now. Just don't. I mean, maybe set up some lists. If you want to like follow a bunch of people that are talking about baseball games or something like that, just escape there, though. Don't go there for... There's just a there's just a, it's a sewage plant on there, folks. I mean, I've been on for what two hours, I guess maybe not quite two hours. I think I logged on around one thirty, and by one forty five, I was just like, oh man, I'm gonna go back to Doctor Who and reading novels. I'm gonna do something else. I do want to talk about something LeBron James said. A couple of days ago, and it's a, it's a fairly lengthy quote here, but I'm going to read the entire thing to you so you get it in context. And then I just I don't understand this. I don't understand the pushback against this. I don't understand. It's being called and, and accurately semantic overload, but I'm going to read this. This is what LeBron said in a media availability. Quote. A lot of people kind of use this analogy talking about Black Lives Matter as a movement. It's not a movement. When you're black, it's not a movement. It's a lifestyle. We sit here and say it's a movement, and okay, how long is this movement going to last? Don't stop the movement. No, this is a walk of life. When you wake up and you're black, that is what it is. It shouldn't be a movement. It should be a lifestyle. This is who we are. I don't like the word movement because, unfortunately, in America and in society— There ain't been no bleep movement for us. There ain't been no movement. Unquote. I don't like the word movement either, LeBron, because I know it exists. Not the word 
but the word as it relates to Black Lives Matter. I've said this for two weeks. It's out there. This is something that you have to educate yourself about. Because there is semantic overload going on all over the place. And what that basically means is there's a sentence that we all agree with. And then there's a movement that very few of us would if we actually knew what was behind it. These two things are different. That's why there is controversy here. There is no controversy whatsoever in the statement Black Lives Matter at all. But when I read from LeBron James that there's never been a movement for blacks in America, I'm just kind of taken aback. I mean, LeBron and what he's been able to accomplish and where he started and you know what he was able to raise up out of and what he is able to do now and the money he's given to charity and all of the power that he wields, the leverage that he holds, not just in his sport, but outside of it, the world in which he lives right now, if he looks around and sees that as... Well, I know what he looks around and sees it as because that's what we're being taught right now. That's what we're being told. Erroneously, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, that's up for you know, you can make that decision for yourself. But to say that there's not been a movement, that's just the kind of thing where LeBron probably needs to stop and think a bit before he says things like this because there was a time in the country when slavery actually happened. There hasn't been a movement? How about the civil rights movement? How about the abolitionist movement? There have been multiple movements. For blacks specifically. Thank God. Thank God. Thank the Lord above, folks, that LeBron James is making the money that he is, that all of these athletes or celebrities or anybody else is able in this country to make the money that they make to live the kind of lives that they live, to have freedom to say what they want to say. This is not indicative of the world that LeBron James actually seems to think we live in. But when you say, I don't like the word movement, then do something about it, LeBron. My whole issue here isn't in a sentence that you really believe in it's that the sentence doesn't come unattached with other things because you don't donate money to parts of speech or pieces of pieces of paragraphs you're not donating money to three words you're donating money to a global organization so change it if it's not a movement lebron then instead of putting black lives matter on the court Put support black lives or anything else that's basically the exact same. Don't form a corporation. Make it a 501c3 nonprofit or something where it's all donations and everything is transparent. Where you know exactly where it's going and you can funnel it, LeBron, and the NBA can funnel it to the causes specifically to those communities to help in all of these different specific ways. Just do that. If it's not a movement, then just change the semantics. Change the name of it, and then make that your rallying cry. 
Has anybody thought about this? Why would you support something that clearly has controversy and then just say, I don't like the word movement? The word movement. He says the word movement is an analogy that people are using. No, LeBron, it's not an analogy because it's not a comparison that isn't true. It's direct fact. There's a movement and there's a sentence. The movement is a neo-Marxist organization. Two of the three founders make it clear in their own words. Look at their mission statement, which has now been kind of scrubbed, but you can find archives of this. It doesn't take long to figure this out. Just change the semantics. Black Lives Matter is toxic because it's controversial. It's not going to help your message to use that. So support Black Lives or Black Lives Count or anything else. Make that an NBA-specific deal and funnel that money with transparency, 100%, wherever it needs to go, specifically. Because... Let me tell you who's not transparent. The organization, the movement, a word that you don't like, that is what's plastered on the courts in Orlando and what's on the mound in Major League Baseball as a stencil and what might be on the helmets in the NFL in the fall. You can say until you're blue in the face, LeBron, that it's just a sentence. It's not a movement. It's just it's a walk of life. No, it's a movement. I promise you it is. Even if they're now trying to back away to some degree so that you don't exactly know what's going on, I promise you it is. So I'm calling upon you, LeBron, because you have the power to make something like this happen. Because people listen to you. Millions of children look up to you. Even adults idolize you and look up to you take black lives matter out of the equation and just change one word in it and don't have a dot org don't have a global corporation don't have all these other things underneath it make it very very simple and then say look this amount of money is going to the boys and girls club And this is going here, and this is going to this ministry, and this is going to this specific charity, and this is going to this literacy program, and all of this kind of thing. Imagine what that would do, LeBron. Then you could actually maybe even create a movement that you would be able to be behind. There's no controversy behind the statement, Black Lives Matter. There's not. Anybody that disagrees with that is a reprehensible human being. And I mean disagrees with that sentence. Reprehensible unacceptable but it's also so unbelievably rare that there's no point in putting it on the basketball court it's the same thing as putting i hate murder we hate murder on a basketball court what are you accomplishing here unless we hate murder is also a movement that's that's my issue lbj What you're saying 
about it being a way of life and all this other kind of stuff. We can disagree on the extent of that, and we can disagree on the statistics. And I can tell you, I don't think we're in a systemically racist country at all. But you can argue against that, and we can have debates on the merits there. But we can't have debates when you say Black Lives Matter is not a movement. And I don't like the word movement. And I hate when people are using this analogy to it being a movement. It's not an analogy. It's a fact. All you need to do is use your authority to create a new hashtag sentence. Everybody in the NBA can get, you can even bargain it. You know, you can sit down with Chris Paul and everybody in the NBA Players Association, and you can come up with whatever the slogan is for you. Separate it entirely from the neo-Marxist organization that you may not even realize that you're supporting. And there's not going to be any controversy. Or if there is, it's going to be very minor. But here, I think you're actually clouding and harming your own message because there are a large group amount of, uh, there are a substantial amount of people in this country that do recognize the difference, even if you don't. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say you don't, that you don't really know that there's a movement here, at least to the degree of what it entails. Just change it. Black lives count. Save black lives. Anything else other than black lives matter. And you erase a lot of this problem. But notice that's not happening. Notice it's just BLM left and right. Notice the Toronto Raptors behind them. They've got black lives matter in the same font that you'll find on the website. Being painted on streets and all this stuff. This is semantic overload. This is a sentence with a large hidden meaning behind it that ain't good that is divisive there is a difference i agree lebron i don't like it being a movement either not at all but you can't use the word analogy when it's a fact when you say it's a lifestyle And he says, it shouldn't be a movement. It should be a lifestyle. Amen. You're right. It shouldn't be a movement. The movement is toxic. You are an example of the inverse of it, the opposite of it, because of the success you've achieved, the voice that you have, and the good that you've done. So stand up. We won't even get into the Hong Kong thing right now. Stand up and come up with something original, something unique that connotes that sentence without the sludge behind it. That is my challenge to you. 87799 on Fox is how you reach the program. Let's bring in Brian Finley, who is not a Lakers fan. He's a Clippers fan. Uh, yeah. And Lou Williams, how do you feel about that? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a bit crazy, and I love the music, or shall I say the crowd noise in the background. I actually can hear both. Shout out to Chris P. So, yeah, Jason, the whole strip club thing, I'll tell you a quick story. I've been once. I was 18 years old. Went with some high school friends. I'll never forget one of my friends ponying up extra dough for, like, the VIP. He told me afterwards he thought the girl liked her. Oh, yeah, And I said, I'm sure she did. Yeah, I've been, I think I've went three or four times in my life. And I remember the last time I was single at the time and I was just like, I think I met my future wife. (laughs) She, She loved me to death. 
and somebody else had been like just paying for her to hang out i guess in there for a while and it was just yeah. like oh i forgot this is how this works for everybody that walks in the door yeah we were really vibing i really felt a connection until that wasn't actually the case until until your connection to the wallet uh, yes. <laughs> got a little too soft and you had no more bills no question jason yeah. jamal adams getting his way after ridiculing Jed's head coach Adam Gase, New York trading the defensive back to the Seahawks, Seattle in return sending over a fanny pack of assets headlined by a pair of first-round draft picks. Yes, as Jason mentioned, several media outlets reporting the NBA is gathering intel on how Clipper Lou Williams spent an excused absence intel. from Intel. <laughs> That's hilarious. information, sources, getting all the information possible because Williams did admit he went to a strip club in Atlanta on Thursday solely for the food. I mean, they must have some great shrimp. That's all I'm saying. That is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you're hearing that. <laughs> Earlier that day on Thursday, he did attend a serious matter with a family funeral that took place. Williams will have to quarantine between four to ten days before rejoining the team. Now, if he has to sit out the full 10 days, Jason, he will miss two regular season games and lose $150,000 in salary. All right. Well, that's that's bad to lose the money. Like that's that's a lot of money in my life. At least that's a huge amount of money to lose. I would cry for weeks because of that. But as a Clippers fan, you, you recognize the same thing I basically said, which is this isn't going to affect them. He's going to be back before they really need him. Yeah, I, I don't think it's worth it because I don't think anybody could blow a 150k at a strip club one night. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Maybe your buddy. Maybe, maybe my buddy for sure. The Padres all alone in first place in the NL West after... No one cares about that. Body slamming the Diamondbacks 5-1. The Giants able to weather the Dodgers 5-4. The Nationals power drill the Yankees 9-2. The Braves tack on three runs. Now I got your ears perked up, Jason. Three runs at the top of the 10th for Atlanta. That's right. slight the Mets 5-3. World Series, baby, we're coming. Yeah, two games in. Dylan Bundy pitched a scoreless six and two-thirds innings as the Angels flummoxed the the Athletics 4-1. And finally, the Cardinals strangle the Pirates 9-1. Adam Wainwright spotted only one earned run through six innings. And Jason, I read and I was watching this piece that was done with Doc Rivers being interviewed by Jeff Goodman and Bob Ryan. And they were talking about Lou Williams. And this was right at the start of the pandemic. And Doc Rivers basically explained that when they got their hands on Lou Williams, that Doc Rivers did not want him on the team, noting his selfishness and that he was creating all sorts of problems in that Hmm. he had been going from team to team to team over the last few years. It seemed like Lou was getting his act together, but maybe this is just a relapse for him. That's just a thought. Uh, I don't know. I just think this is poor judgment. I don't know if it's... You could maybe call this selfishness to a degree. Mm -hmm. I just think this isn't really thinking it through. I think he may have... Maybe... I mean, since there's actually history of him talking about this is his favorite restaurant and all this stuff like way back in the day it's not like it just happened yesterday then okay i just think maybe in the midst of a pandemic i'm staying away from the strip club buffet exactly i just feel like there's it's gonna be hard to sell that to the rest of the public when you're lou williams maybe he doesn't care i don't know welcome back fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier I'm on Twitter at Jmar Radio. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. If 
Doc Rivers wasn't really too keen on getting Lou Williams. And that's sort of interesting in its own right because he was moving around from team to team. We know how talented he is. He's won the sixth man of the year twice. He certainly got a shot at winning it for a third time this year. Really talented and an unbelievable scorer. I know Charles Barkley's talked about Lou Williams other than James Harden's one of the most just, at times, you just cannot stop Lou Williams. So why wouldn't everybody want that on their team? Well, if there are other concerns, selfishness is not a word that you want to hear. If you're selfish in terms of your tendencies off the court, then you better be daggone good on it. And Lou Williams is certainly good enough that he's still playing for the Clippers and actually playing. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers, who didn't want him, there he is. But it's just the optics here. Like, you can go wherever you want to eat. And you're an adult and you can make decisions. It's just you have to be discerning in life. As you get older, you're supposed to get a little bit wiser. And that d- wisdom doesn't mean you're always going to make the right choice. It means you're going to make fewer bad choices. Some people think that you're never going to make a bad choice in your life. Or if you feel that way, as you get older, like, oh, you know, once you're 75, you're not making any mistakes. Well, sure you are. We all need grace every single day. There's probably things I've already said on this show where I need absolution, where I need grace. I make mistakes. I say things erroneously. But as you get older, your discernment is supposed to assist you in your decision making. It's not that all of the decisions are going to be right. It's that you're going to make fewer bad ones because they're coming from the right place. It's the same thing as being quick on the Twitter trigger finger. When you feel like you have to tweet every five seconds, yeah, you're probably going to make some mistakes there. And if you're famous, you better be real careful. Same thing with Instagram or anything else. Deshaun Jackson, just as an example of that, just you got to slow down. You got to figure out. You got to know what you're saying. And you got to realize that the internet is in ink. Somebody's going to see it instantly. And it can affect you in every way possible. So you've got to be cautious about that. All And that, that this does not reek of caution by Lou Williams. This reeks of almost a sense of invincibility. This is Raskolnikov from Dostoevsky. Extraordinary man. He can do it. I'm not a pro athlete, and I know that's a completely different life than just about anything else. But I do know in the midst of a pandemic, I'm probably not going to a strip club right before my team's season kicks back off after a you know five-month layoff inside an NBA bubble where there's testing and all of these advanced procedures and stuff like that. I'm probably going to be incredibly cautious if I have to leave the bubble for a very valid reason, as Lou Williams had. I'm probably going to stick away from the Magic City Gentleman's Establishment for my dinner. Probably going to find somewhere else to get takeout. Just going to be cautious. But again, it's not really going to hurt the Clippers because he'll be back before they really need him because of where they are. So maybe Lou Williams knows that. Maybe he can be a little bit more reckless because he's fully aware of that. It's the same thing as Draymond Green. Like It's easy for Draymond Green to say the things he does and act the way he has throughout his time in Golden State when he's backed up by three Hall of Famers. If he was in Orlando, that dude would not say a word. 
Just food for thought. We'll be right back. It's the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Shine. A little collective soul to finish off the second hour. All right, so I'm watching Dodgers Giants. Eric, I know you're a Dodgers guy, so you're going to have to get in on this. I didn't see this earlier. These are cardboard cutouts or are these virtual fans? So they had cardboard cutouts behind home plate. Okay, and I think okay, those through, are cardboard yeah, cutouts. Yeah, through spots along foul ball area along the you know first and baseline or first and third baseline, and I think around the first um, row in the in the stands in the bleachers. But okay. then they had virtual fans in parts of the telecast, like, you know, superimposed in. So, yeah, like I'm watching, I'm pretty sure the same feed as you on FS1 right now. So along the edge of it, there are parts where you see virtual fans. Yeah, I just saw yeah, that. And there okay. are parts where and there's the, the cutouts that are there, you know, in real life. Too. All right. These cutouts, this is the only thing that I could think of. <laughs> First off, this has got to go. Like, this is just... You're exactly right. This is basically a giant exclamation point reminding us there are no fans. Right. We know there's nobody there. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Like, it's just making it weird. And, like, it's one of those things where it's it's quirky, you know, it's fun, maybe for the first couple of times, you know, somebody somebody submitted the picture of their dog. It's fun, but yeah, it's like, right. all right, 
Whatever. If you want to put them, if you want to put them out there, like put like ten or fifteen targets or something out in the outfield for people to hit and right. do charity money somebody, or something. That's different. Somebody, uh, so Will Smith, the Dodgers catcher, actually hit um hit a home run today, and it took a head off of somebody out in the bleacher area. And the guy tweeted Will Smith saying, "Hey, Sensei, took out my my cutout. Do I get the ball?" And Will Smith actually replied to him, so he's gonna hook him up with like a little swag bag or whatever. So I guess I, there are some teams that are doing some cool stuff. I they have like foul ball zones where if like your your cutout gets hit by the ball, you'll get the ball mailed to you and stuff like that. Quirky little things, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, guys, we know there's nobody there. We don't need this weird cutout stuff going on. All right, so this is the only thing I could think of when I looked at these virtual fans behind home plate, these like four rows at Chavez Ravine. (laughs) The Seinfeld episode, The Slicer, where George was in a photo with Kruger, who was an employer, somebody he was trying to get a job with, and ended up getting a job with, and it was Kruger and his family, and George was on the beach, and George had, and George like got angry at him, like threw a boombox into the deal, or whatever. It was a really bad moment. He realized he was in the photo, so he takes the photo and he airbrushes himself out of it. But he, they end up airbrushing Kruger out of it instead, and then they end up trying to put Kruger back, and the guy that tries to do it draws him in. Like airbrushes him back into this thing. It looks like a cartoon. That's the only thing I could think of looking at this is just how ridiculous it is that you've got this like, I need a water pistol to knock these people down behind home plate. Just enough with this. It's clever if you put them in the outfield and you do something for charity. But we don't need the four or five rows full of cardboard cutouts behind home plate like it's like it's all i can see and now i'm just like well who's there i see spielberg and blah 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 and then when you go from that to the virtual fans in the seats and then there's more cardboard cutouts above a dugout here and there like and then they show another shot and you can't see anybody in the seats because the virtual is only happening in during the game action itself this is just too much for my feeble simple brain to comprehend I would just say, hey, guys, let's give up the ghost on this one, and we'll put a few things out in the outfield to have some fun, and we can talk about that a little bit. But outside of that, let's just recognize that baseball is being played without fans right now and embrace that and do the same thing that we used to do when we listened to baseball on the radio every day when we had three television channels and baseball was really rolling. Just tell stories. Tell stories between pitches. Just tell the story of this unique baseball season day to day all of this because it's all going to be played it we really are kind of watching a very we're watching a book but we're watching a good book you know you have that book that you get assigned in english class like the epic of gilgamesh or something but something longer and it takes you forever to read it or it would because it's just boring and droll and then it's a book that you absolutely love and you can't put down and you read it in two or three sittings that's what we got with baseball right now so you've got this good book where you're not forgetting things from day to day this is how you can actually build some momentum focused on the story not on the cardboard cutouts that remind me of kruger on seinfeld we'll be right back third hour of the program if it's the first or the second hour for you welcome or welcome back jason martin show on fox sports radio i'm jason martin on twitter at jmart radio i do the show out of nashville tennessee music city crew is in la that's eric roberts that's chris perfett that is brian finley we will hear some more from them a little bit later on 
So I want to talk about two different teams in two different sports. Well, this is one of those radio moments where it's just like during the break, it just kind of hit me that a couple of things I wanted to talk about, and we can maybe kind of bump them together here. And I teased this earlier, one of these things. Milwaukee Bucks are 53-12. and 12. NBA getting started on Thursday. I think the Bucks' first game is Friday against the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken, in the bubble. Milwaukee's having a historically good year. They're number one in the East. They have the best record in the NBA. Lakers are second at 49 and 14. The Clippers 44 and 20. And the Raptors are the Raptors really have the third best record in the league at 46 and 18, but they're still six and a half back of the Bucks because of just how ridiculous the Bucks have been. If the Bucks don't get it done this year kind of feels like one it's a waste and two they're not going to eventually a narrative starts to build and it's hard to overcome internally this is the way i felt about james harden the way i still feel about james harden in houston because i watched him in oklahoma city and i watched him fail in houston that he had lost my trust. He had no more equity with me in terms of me being able to predict that the Rockets were going to win a championship. Once I saw him collapse against the Spurs in that game and just look defeated and just like he quit and lost to a Spurs team that, if I'm not mistaken, did not have Kawhi Leonard on it at the time he was hurt and still lost, uh, that was pretty much it. At that point, I need to see James Harden win a championship. At that point, I'll say, okay, well, maybe next year I can predict them to win. But he's got to win one at this point for me to believe that he can. Milwaukee is not quite there yet. But is Giannis really going to play his entire career there? Do you think that? Or do you think he's going somewhere else when he gets the opportunity? This core of talent that they have around them is good enough to win a championship, but if they can't do it, then it just kind of feels like, all right, this is gonna, this is destined to be one of those outstanding basketball teams that's just not meant to be a championship team, even though they have enough talent to do it. So I'm looking at them and I'm saying they have to realize this is this is the opportunity. They've looked good in their exhibition games. Brooke Lopez is having a really good season. Chris Middleton is having a good year. Giannis is Giannis. We know how good they can be. We've also seen them just kind of flounder a bit when they run into battle-tough teams with superstars in the postseason. Now, how many of those are they going to run into in the East this year? Toronto's good, but Toronto doesn't have Kawhi. And even though I still think that's a good basketball team, Kawhi was the killer. I don't think they have that. Even though they've got talent there, they absolutely are a really good team. I don't think they have that same mentality that they're going to need in that case. Then you look at the rest of it. Yeah, there's some teams that could cause some damage, but the Bucs should win the East. They should. There's a piece of me that doesn't think they're going to. But even if they do, do you think they're going to beat LeBron and Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard and crew or maybe even... A Denver, or if you want to go with the Harden route, you can. Or one of those squads. 
it's hard to predict that because we haven't seen it. Giannis has gotten better every year, and he looked very defeated last year in terms of I'm coming back and I'm coming back hard. He didn't look defeated like I'm done forever. He looked defeated like I'm mad. I'm going to go hone my skills a little bit more. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be even more of a force. But we haven't seen it yet. And we haven't. We don't know what this is going to look like because no one has ever experienced what these guys are about to go through in this bubble over the next couple of months. But if the Bucks don't get it done this year, this feels like one of those moments where here's where we determine whether or not they can win a couple championships or they're going to win zero. This is the year they can do it. If they don't, and I said this before the season because we saw how good they were last year and then what happened to them in the postseason. If they don't do it this year, they're very close to James Harden territory where I'll never predict them to do it. Right now, I'm sort of on the fence. They're capable of it, but I still need to see it when it counts. Usually, the NBA is a stepping stone kind of league where you move up from like an 8C to a 4, and then you just keep on getting better, but you keep getting beaten, but you're getting a little further, you get a little better, roster's getting a little bit more veteran, a little more chemistry, and then you're ready to take that step. This has to be the year they do it because it just feels like they're going to end up it's like they have enough talent, but maybe that mix just isn't supposed to win a championship. And they happen to be playing in an era where there are a lot of other good teams that can knock them off, even with their record. But they could win. I don't think they're going to. So I was thinking about the Bucks, and I was thinking about how do they feel about themselves. They have to know their situation and feel like they can win a title. And they have to know this might be their real chance. Because who knows what's going to happen with Giannis in the future. It's Milwaukee. It's not Los Angeles. It's not New York. It's not Miami. Is he going to want to stay in Milwaukee? Some guys do, but and I'm not talking about Milwaukee specifically, but smaller market teams. But Giannis, I would not bet that he's going to be there his entire career. Now, if he's able to win a championship... I don't know if that makes it more or less likely, but this is the year they can do it. So that so I'm sitting here thinking about how the Bucks feel about themselves, and then I'm thinking about the Seattle Seahawks and how they must feel about themselves. Because to make this deal for Jamal Adams, who got himself out of town in New York by crushing the Jets' ownership and destroying Adam Gase, and he could be right on both accounts, I Guarantee you he's right about Adam Gase based on every bit of evidence that we have seen about how Adam Gase gets along with superstar players. And Jamal Adams, who's a safety, wants to be paid like a position that's usually paid more, meaning not a safety. As good as he is. But the Seahawks are looking for Cam Chancellor's 2.0. And so they're going to do whatever they can here, and they think Jamal Adams, who actually was able to get to the quarterback last year, can also help them on the pass rush, but they lost Clowney. They replaced him with Irvin. They bring in a couple of other guys, but they're not the same defense that they were. If you look, and Bill Barnwell made this point at ESPN, and I think it's very worthy. You've got Russell Wilson. We know how good he is. But based on the guys that they have gotten rid of in the last couple of years, the moves that they have made, doesn't it seem like they didn't feel like they were a championship-level team? Like they, They didn't feel like they were that close because they weren't keeping around 
a couple of guys, I don't mean the malcontents or the ones that maybe were causing divisiveness in the locker room. I'm saying that they've shuttled off some talent. They've jettisoned off some talent there that could have helped them, that would have kept them closer to winning a Super Bowl. And they could have done it, and they did not do it. So you've got Russell Wilson, and you've still got a few good years left with him. I mean, he's outstanding in every way. There have always been questions about weapons around him and the fact that they're just intent to run the football continuously and not utilize him as much as they could otherwise. But here they're bringing in Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams is the kind of guy that you bring in when you think you're about to win a championship. And I'm thinking about the Bucks, and I'm thinking about, you know, I just don't see it. I just don't, I think that this is, this Bucks team is just going to be in the hall of very good. If there was a Hall of Fame for teams, I don't think this one's going to make it. And when I'm thinking about the Seahawks, I'm just thinking, if they think they're close to a championship, then they're the only ones. I know they made the playoffs. I get all of that. But the Seahawks look to me, they feel to me like kind of a relic. There are new teams doing more dynamic things. Their offense is not getting more dynamic. As good a defensive coach as Pete Carroll is, especially with his secondary players, which could make Jamal Adams even more of a beast. They are the team, they're the kind of team I could see just taking a fall and not even making the playoffs. If they didn't have Russell Wilson, it wouldn't even be a question. But this move and giving up two future first-round picks that as some have mentioned, probably will fall in the early 20s unless they're just dreadful, and I don't think they're dropping off a cliff. It just seems like their best days are behind them. And getting Jamal Adams isn't instantly going to make you a Super Bowl contender. Now, it could if you had every other piece, but I don't feel like I feel like that team is a lot less secure. So I'm looking at two teams that we've kind of come to expect over this last couple of years. This is one of the better franchises in sports. But it's also one that, in the case of Seattle, is far removed from the Super Bowl team of years back, Legion of Boom. And then a Bucks team that is, this feels like kind of a last stand moment for this group. If you don't do it this way, you have to do something different because you can't just keep running into the same wall. Two different sports, maybe imperfect to try to compare them together, but I'm sitting here thinking about both of them, and I'm thinking about their future. This is make it or break it time for the Bucks, And the Seahawks are behaving like this is it for them, and Jamal Adams puts them over the top. And I, I don't think many people out there listening to this program right now would agree with that statement. Do you really feel like Seattle is one of those teams? It's just like they can win a Super Bowl? Like Maybe they can, but would you bet a cent on that? I mean, just look at the NFC right now and how loaded they are and how many top-flight offenses there are. Yeah, Jamal Adams, that's the kind of guy you want to bring in in that case. But this is a guy who certainly loves him some him, in the words of T.O., and might be difficult to try and rein in at times. And this is a franchise that has had some of those guys before. And look, they flourished with some of those guys. So maybe that's going to happen again. But the Adams deal, the haul, 
that the Jets were able to get here. Yeah, this is so Jets because everybody the Jets draft. If you go back and look at their drafts over the last like five, six years, they have almost none of those guys left, and they've just blown so many picks. Jamal Adams was certainly not a blown pick, but he wanted out of town as fast as he could get there. What does that say about Adam Gase? Probably not good things, but I first guessed that when Gase was hired because I didn't understand it because what I had seen from him as a head coach prior in Miami did not make me think, oh, well, he's going to be the savior in New York. It's like Peyton Manning gave him a career, basically. And Peyton Manning's probably given a lot of guys better careers than they would have had otherwise, but Adam Gase is a huge beneficiary there, an enormous beneficiary. I just don't think the Seahawks are a safety away from a championship. Do you? It's a good deal for the Jets if Adams, I mean, Adams was going to force his way out. Like, apparently, that had become untenable. They had to do something. They managed to get two first-round picks out of it. Even with all of the leverage that Adams kind of killed for them all because of the way in which he conducted himself over the last couple of weeks. So the Jets did pretty well here for the Jets. And the Seahawks got an all-pro player, a first-team all-pro at safety, who is a guy that could move positions and play multiple positions on a field and can get to the quarterback. But that is a lot. That is a lot to give up. And that's the kind of move that you make when you think you are about to win a Super Bowl and you're one piece away. And I, I just don't think the Seahawks are a team where if you looked at their roster top to bottom, you're like, boy, they get a safety, they're a shoe-in, or they're going to be just demonstrably better. I, I, Does Jamal Adams give them another win in the regular season? I, I Maybe? Paying that position or giving up for that position, it's questionable. We'll say that. Now, Pete Carroll, because of his experience and his talent at coaching that defensive backs in particular, the secondary, but just as a defensive coach. And we know what Seattle can do defensively generally. Maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe this is going to turn out to be a great move for Seattle. But between the two, I think the Jets did better here because dude basically ruined any way that you could sell him because of how he disparaged you publicly your organization and your head coach like okay well he's probably not going to be able to play here anymore we've got to find a new home for him when that's there usually you're not able to get two first round picks in the third getting two first round picks period very few people believed was going to be able to happen and the jets were able to do it which means the seahawks think jamal adams is otherworldly and maybe he is but I, i i'm not even sure the seahawks are going to make the playoffs this year That's how stacked the NFC is and how I just don't buy into the offensive coaching strategy of the Seattle Seahawks. Just don't. Never have. When you've got Russell Wilson, unleash Russell Wilson. We've never seen it before. Maybe he's going to come out this year and and do what we know he's capable of. But usually he's hampered by the guys holding clipboards on the sidelines that are calling the plays. Dudes in the headsets. If it was left up to him, Sky's the limit, but we know that it's not because it never has been before. So that's a lot to pay for a safety when it's your offense that's going to keep you maybe out of the playoffs.
Maybe I'll change that opinion before the season starts. But right now, I'm, not, I'm just not really up on the Seahawks. So good on the Jets for finding a way to get somebody out of town that basically demanded to be put out of town and made sure everybody in the world knew how unhappy he was and how he was even willing to be disrespectful if he had to in public. A lot of times that doesn't work. This time it did in terms of them still getting a huge haul in return. I'll be right back. This is Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at JMart Radio. Chris is Eric Bryan, or the crew is Eric Bryan and Chris. Chris is not Eric Bryan and the crew. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. You know, I was thinking about the college football versus NFL season debate. And I don't think anybody at this point doesn't think the NFL is going to play. Now that the NFLPA, now that they've come to whatever arrangement they needed to financially, the 29-3 to vote on Friday, camp's opening, we're going to have a season. Is it going to start on time? I guess you never know what's going to happen over the next few weeks, but they're going to play. 
Are people going to be in the seats? To some degree, I think somebody will <laughs> somewhere. Not in all places, no. But college has been a different argument. And it's been treated differently and it's been covered differently. And there have been a number of theories as to why. There's been gambling theories. There's been... Uh, this is the last bastion for those that are trying to keep everything shut down. There's a lot that's out there. At this point, I think we're all pretty comfortable saying the NFL is going to happen. We're watching Major League Baseball happen, yes, in empty stadiums with cardboard cutouts and virtual fans and pumped-in crowd noise, but we're watching baseball. We're about to watch basketball. We're going to watch pro football. College football is still kind of up in the air, but I, I still believe we're going to. But I understand the difference in looking at college and looking at pro. There's the argument that, and you've heard this from a number of athletic directors and even some coaches, that if students aren't on campus, then how in the world can you play football? And really, you could look at it otherwise and say, well, keep the kids at home, but let's play football. We've got athletes that are in unbelievable physical condition that are not in the risk category. If there are a few on your team, then maybe they can't play or shouldn't play. You've got to be careful. But outside of that, just let them play football and keep everybody else at home. Like Just because there's not people on campus doesn't mean you couldn't play football. You could still do that. That's just one side of everything that's out there. But the the reason I understand a difference here is because one group of athletes is being paid millions of dollars to incur risk. And the other is being paid, yeah, the jokes can start here, but zero dollars to incur risk. Yes, they're getting an education and they're getting an opportunity to basically audition at all times for their future. You know, they'll have a combine and they can have private workouts and whatever else, but this is this tape matters. But they're not being paid to incur risk right now. So if you believe that COVID-19 is hugely problematic, then the amateurs, the guys that aren't being paid, they're probably the ones that aren't going to take the risk. Or they're the ones that you can understand wouldn't want to take the risk. Or th- that's where you can have some level of debate. But if you're seeing what we're seeing with the very low numbers in Major League Baseball, in the NBA, in the NFL testing numbers, yeah, we saw Rutgers, I guess, has a few cases right now, and we had seen the Clemson numbers and all this stuff, but by and large, we're seeing less and less and we're see- what we're seeing from the professional sports leagues is this can be controlled. Then college football should not be on the chopping block in the way that it is. So what I'm saying is I can understand the debate. I can understand why college football wouldn't be the first one you would think should be back. Pro should. Because there's a lot of money involved. And I don't mean revenue for the owners, because there's still revenue for the universities that we know full well, 80% of a budget or whatever for an athletic department on average, somewhere in that neighborhood, comes from the football program in a football season. But 
the fact that one group of athletes is cashing in and the other is not would mean, okay, if one's going to stay closed down, then it would be college football over the NFL. I don't think either one of them should. I don't necessarily think either one of them is, even though we may get conference only and we might get a shortened schedule. And I guess the one thing that we continue to know is we don't know everything. Information on all sides. There's a reason that you're hearing the lows and the highs pretty much at all times. We're still trying to get a handle on everything. I know where I stand on it. I don't know where you stand on it. Unfortunately, it probably depends on where you've actually gotten your information. If we were all treated to exactly the same stuff and it was unbiased and everybody was just going by the facts, we would actually maybe be able to get some answers here. Good news is, at least I think I've seen less articles this week about how college football shouldn't be played. But we're still hearing it. We're still hearing the same kind of stuff out here. But there is a difference between these two things. The NFL... Now that they've got the finances worked out, Patrick Mahomes said, hey, now that I've seen some of the protocols, I feel totally comfortable. And I feel like most football players do. Football is a sport where tough it out, right? For the most part. These things are going to happen. And going back to the very beginning of the show tonight, when I was discussing that baseball did the best ratings it had done since 2011 and the conclusion that the article that I found and quoted from Awful Announcing was, this proves how much people missed baseball. But no, it didn't. It proves that American team sports are king and we're going to watch. The proof about baseball will come from what's it do once the NBA is back and certainly... Once we start paying attention to what's going on in football, no preseason will help. It will help out the other sports. No question. But our attention's about to get diverted more and more. So everybody takes a bit of a hit more than they would if they were the only game in town because you're splitting the same audience. But generally, again... College football, you have to take into consideration the amateur nature of things. That's a debate for a different day as to whether or not that should be a consideration, meaning maybe all should be professional, but that's not where we are. And it's probably not where we're likely to be anywhere in the near future. The hope is we're going to play college football. The expectation, I would say, is we're going to play, and it's going to be really weird if we're watching gigantic, you know, the big house and Neyland Stadium and Bryant-Denny Stadium and Death Valley and all this kind of stuff, nearly empty. But we've proven watching these other sports that we can pull this off. And we can, we will find a way. But just as you look at, like, the fact that you expand the NBA playoffs to make sure the Pelicans get in because Zion better be on TV for the NBA during this restart. There was a question about what was going to happen with Notre Dame, and now it's, well, they can compete for the ACC championship this year. How about you just do it forever because this independent thing is nonsense? 
Like, this is a chance for experimentation of rules. It's also the time to finally close a loophole on stupid things that shouldn't be there. There's a lot of things that you could kind of try to clean up right now. Maybe this is going to be the start of something to that degree. But there's still a lot to be decided about college football and college athletics. But at the very least, we are seeing less of the we can't possibly play college football. How dare us play college football? You're still hearing... And I saw Feinbaum, and I've seen other people say this, and I've heard other people say this. is like, it's just about the money. Well, duh. Of course it is. Everything's about the money. The main reason that we have sports at all, and certainly the reason we have it back right now, is thankfully we live in a capitalist economy where money does matter. And people are trying to make sure that they earn some of it. If there was no revenue, this I mean, there wouldn't even be a discussion about college football right now. That's just a weird argument to make. It's just like, you, I think Feinbaum's the one that said, you can't say. It's like, give me a good reason to play college football, but you can't say the money. Well, why the heck not? Give me a good reason to play college football any year, Paul. Money. I'm not saying that's the best reason. We want to believe it's because of the greatness of the sport and the competitiveness and all this. And I think we kind of debunked that on this program three weeks ago when I said you want to believe that these organizations are altruistic and they want to do this because they have a responsibility to the community, but they don't. They want to make money. And yeah, great. They'd love to help out the community, but not until they get theirs. So it's fallacious to just act like, well, you can't make the argument that college football should be played just because of the money. Well, why the heck not? That's why we do everything. Mad Men existed on AMC because of the ads during that game because they needed to raise money and have people watching and hopefully get into that key demographic of 18 to 49. All the shows that you love exist because the ad time dictates that the networks keep them on. There's, I mean, it's nuts and bolts here. The NFL and the revenue that it's worth, they're going to play. The fact that Major League Baseball is happening makes sense because of the money involved. What doesn't make sense is how long it took them to figure this out and how much they lost that they could have potentially gained for the future over the last month and a half. The NBA, we knew what the revenue projections losses were going to be we saw what adam silver said we saw what some of the owners were saying they were going to try to find a way to play these players want their salaries in all of these sports it's all about money what do we spend a lot of time talking about on these airwaves on a day-to-day basis to all the people that are arguing that college football you can't talk about it in terms of money i guess you can't because the athletes aren't getting paid but 100 and 150 million dollar endowments to some of these universities and to these athletics programs, and to all of the pipeline of money that is funneled out through merchandising and apparel and everything else, it's absurd and preposterous and, frankly, stupid to exclude money from the equation. But we talk about contracts on sports radio all the time. What's Dak worth? What's Jamal Adams worth? What's Derrick Henry worth? Wow, Mookie Betts, $365 million. Patrick Mahomes, $500 million. 
money counts in America. And it's okay to say that's the reason college football should be played. It might not be the one that you want to think, but like I said, we don't live in an altruistic society when it comes down to business. And arguing that college football is anything other than a business is wrong. Let's go to Brian Finley one more time and catch one more look at the latest, B. Jason, one note really quickly. You were talking about the gloom and doom out there. Did you see this Buster Olney of ESPN before Major League Baseball season started? And I don't want to jinx anything, but he said that the baseball season was only 30 to 40% possible of starting on time. And the guy looks like an absolute clown right now. Because well, we're playing, and I, and I don't want to jinx anything because we still have a long way to go, but that low of numbers. Look, I mean, that that the, the worst thing that I've seen so far, and I called this out last week, is Dennis Dodd yes. writing that article with that like computer science professor that said three to seven college football players will die if they try to play the season this year. It's like, are you kidding me? Insane. Yeah. Meanwhile, safety Jamal Adams heading to the Seahawks in a trade with the Jets. New York gets a potluck of assets, including two first-round draft picks. Adams expedited the move by barbecuing Jets head coach Adam Gase in the press. (laughs) And then, Jason, did you see this Twitter back and forth? Le'Veon Bell took a crowbar out on his teammate via Twitter. Quote, people do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave. LOL, like people weird, yo. The internet got those dudes doing whatever for attention. Even I when they- think I remember Le'Veon Bell talking a lot to try and get out of a job in the past as well. <laughs> yeah, that is the case. Adams went on to say in a short and succinct, or succinct response, quote, noted, see you week 14, end quote. Then Bell countered, noted what? LOL that you lied? Please trust that it is noted then, and if I'm supposed to take CU in Week 14 as a threat, I don't. End quote. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. If only you. everything could be just Fauci's first pitch. <laughs> yes. By the way, somebody indicated to me on Twitter, Brian, that he was wearing a jersey of number 19. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, that's not a joke. He was wearing number 19. Why would you... Why would your jersey number match the virus? Oh, my gosh. Seriously. I I saw this article, Jason, that claimed he was the standout high school basketball player. The dude's 5'7". Okay, there are not a lot of 5'7 star high school basketball players. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. But I you know what? I was, was looking funny. it up. I, you know, I was just looking it up. I thought it might be fake. I thought somebody's like, "Oh, it's funny. It's number nineteen. I looked it up. Nah, it's number nineteen. Oh. Fauci wore nineteen. That's that's just perfect." And finally, Jason, ESPN disclosing the New York Knicks are firming up a five-year deal with Tom Thibodeau yeah. to make him head coach. New York has been a no-show in the playoffs the last seven years. And, Jason, maybe this is what will get them over the hump, unless it won't. Back yeah, yeah, Brian, and it better happen fast because Thibodeau has a habit of wearing out his welcome relatively quickly because he's hard to play for. He's a very intense coach. He's good, but he's intense. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Yeah, Thibodeau, 
there's always that st- story about Doug Collins, and you kind of saw it in the last dance, but it's something that we had heard for a long time is that Doug Collins was so intense that he would just wear you out, and he would wear himself out to the point that his team, his the teams he coached, those players would worry about his health because of just the level of seriousness that he took it. So when he would go into the broadcast booth, he was always good. I, I've always loved him as a broadcaster. Whenever he would get on the floor, I'd start to worry about him again because I had heard the stories and you had seen it. There are just there are coaches that wear on you, especially on the professional level. It's just like after a while, they end up having to go somewhere else. Usually they can go and in a short term do decent work. And Thibodeau has had success. We know this. But Thibodeau is also a guy that has that tendency to his intensity is a good thing at first, and then after a while, it's just like, hey, 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 all right, we get it. And there are guys that just don't necessarily like being around him. He can bristle you. I think maybe that's a good word. He, At some point, Tom Thibodeau becomes steel wool in an organization. Like steel wool that you just don't want necessarily near you, too close to you because it's a little bit too abrasive. That's at least one of the knocks that we've heard about Thibodeau. But he's going to a Knicks team that's just, look, there's been no direction. There's been no, obviously, there's been no success, sustained success in a long, long time. There's been no stability. There's been no real sense of authority either. Thibodeau does command that if they'll just leave him alone. For a few years, hope maybe he can be the start of something. Thibodeau, to me, isn't your end game. But he can be the fixer. He can be the dude that comes in and does the dirty work, and then you find the right guy to go that next step. I'm not saying Thibodeau can't win a championship. I'm saying he's kind of more the the blue-collar dude, ship-shape kind of guy, get you rolling, and then, okay, now we bring in the guy we want long-term. And transition guys can be important, and that's what I ultimately think Tom Thibodeau will be. We'll be right back to finish up the program. So Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What are we listening to, DJ? Got a little silver chair going. That's what I thought. What's In the tune? a song. Ah, right, here we go. We're finishing up. So Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jason Martin. You can write to me on Twitter at jmartradio. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. So I'll avoid talking about the Washington football team for now. But I will talk about the Seattle Kraken on the way out because I want to be a fan so badly just because of the name. Finally, somebody gets this thing right. Something original, unique, fun. They ought to sell a ton of merchandise. Seattle's always a good area for pro sports. They'll support it really well. I'm really happy they didn't go with the Seattle Autonomous Zones. Going with the Kraken, I think the logo is pretty rad, honestly. But just the fact that this is what they landed on. I have said before, the thing that I would want to see in sports, if I was a pro sports team, is something like the Ghosts. Because it just seems like Ghosts is... It just sounds cool when it's not there. Like, yeah, you have phantoms here and there, and that's not bad. Specters would be pretty cool, too, but I don't know why there's not a Ghosts. It'd be a cool mascot. It would be something that you would want to wear, that kind of a uniform. It would look good on a hat, especially if it's a baseball team. But 
Kraken is up there, folks. Kraken and Emily Kaplan wrote a good piece for ESPN.com about how the name came about and where it may have started. And uh, when they were speaking about this team back in 2018, a memo on the door that said release the Kraken. And it turns out to be Kraken after 1,200 names that they tried to look through. It's becoming difficult to come up with names because once Redskins goes because a bunch of white people said, hey, you should be offended by this Native Americans. The problem is once that happens, then all bets are off and you can find a reason to make almost anything offensive. I hope you can't find a reason to make Kraken offensive because it never needs to change. If I am a... NHL fan or somebody in Seattle that loves sports and is super excited about this, I would be thrilled if I'm them. Like this is this I'm trying to think, is this my favorite nickname now, my favorite mascot in all of pro sports? And I'm probably missing some really good ones and just overthinking this a little bit, but Kraken's gotta be up there. Guys, LA, Seattle Kraken. Just a total grand slam of a name, right? I enjoyed it. I liked it. I know a lot of people, you know, they poo-poo on it just because that's the, the world we live in now. You know, the Twitter trolls are out there. But I enjoyed it. I like the color scheme of it. It's, you know, a step away from just the generic white and blacks. You know, it had the kind of like the, the aqua teal in it. Yeah, and the blue and all. And yeah. there's a nod to like the Seattle Metropolitans from way back when with the S and how it's kind of shaped. So I I, I think it, it's a win. I'm not a huge fan of it. We, really? We only got a, we've only got a minute, so I really can't dive into it. But there, there's no Kraken in the Pacific and oh, like I, I like at least I, I don't mind cool names, but I, I ask they at least have some merit in. But it's reality. a mystical kraken, like it's not okay, a real creature there, anyway. Uh, it, it would work for a northeastern Atlantic team. That's oh. all I'm going to say. Like I like some meaning to it. Also, the font reminds me of a ride at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. So all yeah, well. I, I look at that and all I see is a roller coaster. I'm sorry, like, but we'll have to talk about it more next week because I I can't even start now. We've got like 30 wow. seconds. I, I wasn't expecting the history lesson that because the Kraken is not going to be found in the Pacific that that's probably not a good name for Seattle. I like that better than I'm sure the Twitter trolls. I haven't seen any of the Twitter trolls. As soon as I saw this name, I was just yeah, like, that's somebody, a cool name. Somebody took to it and made it the Seattle Karens and you know put a coffee cup mm. on it. And, and, you know, it's, now that's it's funny. Kind of, kind of creative, but yeah, it mm. didn't take long. I like Seattle Kraken. I think it's original and unique. I'm glad they were able to find something like this. Good on Seattle. They should support this team. Again, glad it's not the autonomous zone. See you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.